Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, A Real Page Turner with Donnie Granza and Mara Maros. Hi, Donnie. Hello, Mara. How are you doing today? I am well. How are you? Not bad at all. Good. So we chose, a, I think, a different one today out of a different book and movie out of the usual genre for us that we enjoy, a Western written by Thomas Savage in 1967 called The Power of the Dog, which was just made into a Netflix movie. So this book was originally, again, published in 1967 and it sold relatively poorly. And then it gained some acclaim after a republication in 2001, kind of a little bit of a rebirth. And it follows two brothers who run a ranch in 1920s Montana who are very different and um, have a woman come out to marry one of the brothers and who has a son. So it's kind of following their story in that relationship. Um, on the ranch and things that happen after that. So we should probably say spoiler alerts will be involved in this since the movie is relatively new. Yeah. So the um, movie uh, just came out like recently within the last few months. Uh, it started um, in a limited release and on uh, Netflix. Uh, it's got a pretty notable cast, which include like Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee and um, Beneficial Cumberbund. I know that's not his real name, but I like to, I like to, have uh, jokes with that with one of the greatest names ever benedict cumberbatch <laughs> um it was uh, ri- uh written and directed by jane uh campion who is a pretty uh, groundbreaking filmmaker uh she in 1993 she became just the second woman ever nominated for best director for at the academy awards uh for uh, her film the the piano uh she did not win that year but she did win an oscar for best original screenplay and now this this film, The Power of the Dog, is considered a uh, top uh, Oscar contender this this year. Um, the nominations have not been announced yet, so but maybe by the time some of you are listening to it, you'll have a better understanding of what it's um, earned a lot of uh, critical awards and momentum <laughs> building that way. It was nominated for seven Golden Globe Awards. It won three, uh, Jane Campion for Best Director, Cody Smith-McPhee for Supporting Actor, as, as well as for Best Motion Picture Drama. So has really got a lot of acclaim going in its way. Oh, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. And I read the version, probably a newer, you know, a newer edit um, release that was, had the afterword written by Annie Prohl, who wrote Brokeback Mountain. Um, so I kind of read that one, which was interesting because, you know, that was another movie that did very, very well in the awards. Yeah. And there's uh, very similar movies, uh, a lot of very basic uh, the- themes um, throughout both movies. Power and Dog and Brokeback Mountain. So they're kind of like, uh, they could be good companion pieces, I guess. Here. Yeah. And I know Brokeback Mountain is going to be on our schedule later in the year. So we'll be able to compare and contrast. You know, I liked the book. I didn't expect to because, you know, again, it's a Western about cowboys, not something in my general you know, wheelhouse that I like to read. But as I started reading it, really, it had less to do with kind of the setting than the relationships between the brothers. And of course, you know, the setting is important, but it was really about this relationship between the brothers, one who is more dominant and has more power and the other one who is kind of very kind and good and wants to do right by people. And then that relationship between he and his future wife. So I thought, you know, I liked the books. It was really about relationships. And I thought the movie did 
the same thing. Yeah, I thought I thought so too. Like there was a lot of um, very focus on the relationships. So, like there's a lot of different storylines going on. Like you have between the two brothers, and then you have between um, uh, uh, George uh, Burbank, who's the um, the nicer brother, and uh, Phil as the meaner brother, and um, as well as uh, George's relationship with his you know future wife Rose, and then her relationship with her son Peter, and then uh, of course um, Phil's relationship with Peter that becomes a uh, big focal point in both the book. And you know what was interesting too that I saw when the movie started, the narrator was the son Peter, which in the book it's it's not that way, right? Like you get insights into Peter, but you he's not the narrator, the story in the book. And I thought that was interesting because we kind of get his perspective a little bit more and his thoughts in the movie. And also his father, Dr. Gordon, isn't a big part of the movie at all. You know, we we get that he was Rose's husband and he died by suicide, but we don't get a lot else. You know, he's not a focus in the movie. Whereas the book, we get a ton of backstory on him and, and know kind of what happened to him and, you know, his interaction initially with Phil um, at one time in, in the saloon. But there's nothing, you know, there's only breadcrumbs along the way in the movie of what really happened to him and what became of him. There's not a whole lot, which I think is fine because he's, you know, he's not a big, he's a big part of the story, but not kind of in the way that you need him in the movie. Yeah. It's, um, I kind of remember like uh, just the one part when Phil and Peter are like sitting uh, sitting under the tree and they're talking and that's when uh, Peter discusses the story surrounding his father's death. And that's kind of the most that uh, they delve into that uh, story. But, you know, like I've, I've mentioned before in past episodes that like with movies, like you don't want to make a four or five hour long movie or something. So you kind of... Uh, have to make cuts where do so it's kind of like so a lot of things get streamlined and that's you know how can they get from a you know from a to b and where they don't have to focus too much on his death but you know know that it's a factor there that you know it's a factor and you know peter how he dealt with it and how rose dealt with losing her husband but uh, but again just the book provides a lot more context and backstory to it yeah but what i i thought was interesting about what you said how like it starts with peter being the narrator because I felt because when I was reading uh, reading about it that and I actually after I watched the movie I watched a little behind behind the scenes documentary with Jane Campion and uh, she talks about the book a little and mentioned that Thomas Savage was um, was a gay man although he was uh, married to a woman for a very long time a very long time back then and it drew from his personal experiences um, like living on a ranch and out in the west during that time period during that time period so it makes little sense that you know peter is by the like the character that he most identified with and kind of draw draw some parallels between himself so i think it made made sense that it, it would start with peter's narration there yeah i didn't realize that i am I, yeah, that's really a good observation i didn't realize that yeah. what did you think of benefit benedict cumberbatch as phil um i i think he did like i think he did a good job as uh, you know it's very tough tough like to play like that kind of a character because essentially like he's the main character of it but he's pretty much the villain here and you know and i think he really conveyed you know that toxic masculinity persona very well how about you 
I liked him too. I think I, I did. I, I thought he did a good job. I thought the character of Phil in the book was much crueler. You know, you got more of his motivation and superiority in the book. And they kind of tried to drop that in in the movie, like mentioning he went to Yale and that he was at the top of his class and, you know, that George kind of didn't graduate. So they tried to establish it in different ways, but I thought the book, you had much more insight. And again, you have the, you have the benefit of backstory and, and pages and pages to do what you, to develop a character in a book. But I thought you got that he was much crueler in the um, book, like much more deliberate in his relationship with Peter and what he was trying to get out of it and manipulate him than you did in the movie. And I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah. I would like one thing I noticed like in the book there was the the little nickname that he had for um Peter what was it like little Lord little Lord, Lord Fauntleroy uh, Fauntleroy yeah and I noticed I remember like seeing that like over and over again like at least several times in the book but I only recall it being mentioned once in the in the movie when like Peter is approaching the um Phil and the other cowboys and with his cowboy hat on and he says yeah you know and it's like you know I did think there were like some great like juxtapositions between like the sensitivity and docileness of Peter uh against the the gruff personas of the other ones and I remember um early on in the movie like when you first meet Peter he's making that little pa- that paper flower thing and that and so it kind of like gives you a sense of what you know Peter's personality there yeah. Uh, there and then when they're in the restaurant and and Phil is like commenting on you know the centerpiece of how you know Rose has used her her son's um uh, art pieces as the centerpieces for all the tables and Phil is uh commenting on it and like oh sarcastically oh look how beautiful how pretty this is and blah 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 and then I cringed at the point when Peter says that com- approaches them and says that he made that he made them because there's one thing because I I even though I never seen the movies like i know he's gonna tell him that he made them and i was just kind of thinking it's like stop 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 don't tell him don't tell him you made it you know it's like he's just gonna he's just gonna hammer you so um but don't you think do you and i wonder you know again what the intention was is that when you're reading this or watching this you get the sense that peter is more comfortable in who he is right like he has a friend he likes staying at that house he doesn't change his clothes or what he's wearing or anything that he's doing, like making the paper flowers or dissecting an animal, like he doesn't change any of that to try to fit in at the ranch. And I, where you get that um, Phil is trying to hide who he is as a person, you know, by being more masculine and that toxic masculinity where Peter doesn't really buy into that. So it's interesting that you say that because I wonder, like he just says like, yeah, I made them because he's proud of who he is and he does not have as much kind of has a hesitance about being who he is. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, you know, but that way, yeah, it does make a lot of make a lot of sense. But I do agree with like the toxic masculinity with Phil, and it's the uh, you know this whole repressed. And I think like we kind of looked, and it said that like Jane Campion is trying to explore the, the gay sub subtext within this uh, film that I believe is much more overt in the um, movie than in the book, where the book it's kind of like hinted at but in the movie without you know not actually going full throttle showing anything you can kind of get the sense that you know Phil has a lot of repression in his life. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I feel like in the book, there was no like sexual tension between he and Peter, but I felt like in the movie, they were building up to that. And yeah. I was like, mm, 
He's still a kid because <laughs> we know he's young, but it's that's where you have to like wonder. And I mean, again, at the end of the movie, you get what Peter's motivation is. So it's kind of, they were both manipulating and baiting each other for different reasons. And you don't know that really until the end. So when you're reading it, you're like, mm, like, what is he doing? Or if you're just watching it, like you have to wonder what Phil, what you kind of know what Phil's motivation is, but you don't know what's going to come of it. But before we talk about other things like that, I wanted to say Jesse Plemons as George, I really liked because I loved Friday Night Lights. And when I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the guy from Friday Night Lights. But I really thought he did a good job. And I love Kirsten Dunst. And I thought she did a really good rose. And I thought in the movie, you really saw how much she drank and how much it was a problem and more pronounced. And in the book, you read it, right? But it's not like, like, you know, she has a problem and that Phil's exploiting that. But in the movie, you know, to see it is much more pronounced how it, it, um, it's kind of taken the toll living there with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of like, that's one of the advantages of film where you can show and not tell. Like you can, you can describe someone having a drinking problem and, you know, describe, you know, some of their actions, but to show it, you know, the movie has the advantage of being able to show us and show her drinking and progressively, like, I know, you know, that's one of those things like not saying it's a cliche or that, but I saw like the one scene where she's like taking a uh, swig from the um, bottle of liquor that's in her, um, that was in the closet or something or under sheets or whatever. And I thought, you know, you see that and you think, okay, we know where this is going. So, uh, but yeah, really, really good. And, and it, and actually like, um, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, uh, they are uh, a couple in real life. They're not, I don't no, I don't believe they're married, but they've been together for several years and I believe have children together. So I did not know that. Fun. I feel yeah. like I, I feel like, you know, I like pop culture, his, uh, references and I did not know that. Yeah. I was, um, I, I actually, I didn't find that out until I watched the movie and I was reading it. I was following it along on the Wikipedia page for it something and i was like oh hmm. okay this is interesting but yeah i really uh enjoyed both of their characters as well i think uh george is definitely like a character to identify with and he's like kind of the the moral standing of the film like someone you can aspire to be he's just like not saying he's like too perfect or anything but he just he's the character who just really has the best intentions. And yeah. And I mean, you know, he, he knows more than he's letting on and, you know, they kind of, it's almost like he's accepting of other people's shortcomings or flaws and he knows they exist, but he's just going to do his best to, you know, kind of be there for his family. And so I know we talked a little bit about the film and Jane Campion exploring the homosexuality subtext, but I thought it was much more pronounced in the movie. I think when you read the book, you kind of question, like you think, Hmm, is this a story? about a cowboy who's gay. Um, and when they talk about Bronco Bill, Bronco Henry, like you kind of get like, okay, was he a mentor or was he something more? But I feel like the movie does not leave that to question. Yeah, it's much more like in your face about it, you know, and I think it comes with like the time because the movie, the book was published in 1967, you know, so that is, you know, over 50 years ago and it was at a time, you know, and society has progressed uh, for the better a lot more. Uh, still not good enough, but it's... Uh in a much you know as far as like lgbtq plus rights uh it is like a, a lot different uh better today than it was back then and like a lot you know back then and it was something that really wasn't uh talked about and obviously like you know there's a book published in 1967 talking about a time in the 1920s where you know it was not even a glimmer of uh discussion would uh come forward back back in that back in that time 
time. Uh, but yeah, I could see how like it, it is more overt and that uh, someone who may not like understand the book all, t- all too well or as they're reading, they may, you know, someone may view Phil's relationship with Bronco Henry as more of a mentor and student type than as two men at, uh, in a relationship or have a uh, connection that way. Whereas- yeah, because the book doesn't really give you any clues into that. But the movie, you know, when they're in that little hiding spot and they find the kind of the nudie pictures or the magazines that are you know, a little bit more scandalous of men. And then he has Bronco Henry's scarf and he's, you know, kind of just kind of reminiscing and thinking about him with the scarf. Like, you know, then you think, okay, now I know. Um, but that the book doesn't have that moment. So it's interesting that Jane Campion explored that a little bit more in today's culture and in, you know, present time that you wasn't able to be done. So I thought it was really um, interesting. Yeah. Fair, uh very interesting it's um you know and it's like one of the reasons why this like you know this is a movie that stands out from other westerns and not like criticizing westerns or anything but it's not like you know as someone who's whose favorite western is probably blazing saddles it's not like <laughs> my it's not my favorite genre but it's very interesting how you can use this genre to explore other themes and yeah and then the other so the other major difference is it's really funny when we're talking about things you know and you don't know when you're reading the book or the movie that they left you hanging on, I felt was so I watched this with my husband and spoiler alert at the end when Phil dies with the braided rawhide with the rope, my husband's like, did that kid kill him with that? <laughs> And I was just waiting to see like what they were going to say, how the movie was going to show that. And you just see him pushing that the rope under his bed, Peter pushing that rope under his bed with gloves on, but it doesn't tell you, you you don't see in the movie that he killed him with anthrax. Right. And in the book, you know it because I had to pull the book back out and I'm reading the end again. I'm like, no, no, we know it. Like he's saying he did it. And it doesn't, the book like really kind of wraps that piece up for you without much question on whether or not Peter laced the rawhide with anthrax to kill Phil, you know, he did it. And in the movie, it's a little more vague. And I don't know if you would agree with that. Oh yeah, I would uh, agree. You know, that's, it's, um, it's very, uh, yeah, it is a very interesting. It does leave up to the air of mystery there to see. Because, uh, yeah, because they don't show anything. And then you just cut, you have a scene with George standing in front of a bunch of uh, um, caskets. And so it's like, okay, we'll go with that one. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's interesting whether uh, Peter did kill Phil. Is that the, um, maybe it's a sequel to Kill Bill. So. <laughs> But I, I, so I like that better in the book because they wrapped it up for you, right? Like you knew, you knew why he did it. He wanted, he knew his mother was drinking. He wanted, Phil was torturing her. He didn't trust him. And he, you get the sense then that he planned it from the beginning. You know, like Phil thought he was manipulating him by trying to take him away from his mother and driving the mother crazy. But in the meantime, Peter kind of saw through his nonsense and was kind of the only person in the book to see through it and, you know, make this plan plan to, you know, kill him with anthrax. So, you know, he's kind of playing the law game, which was interesting um, because, you you know, you then see the weak, what we would perceive in the movie and in the book who they portrayed as the weaker person kind of coming out on top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like one thing I, I, 
I noticed that like the the book with Peter um, and how like he worked with like animals and that and did thing you know did things like that. It's not as explored in the in the movie. Um, there is like the one part where he says uh, where the mother asks him about him like killing the rabbit and you know and he mentions well he wants to be a doctor and he has to um, experiment. On it. Figured that would be good practice on, on it for that. So um, you know the the book kind of like. No, the movie kind of hints at his, uh, you know, his kind of cruelty in that regard, in that regard, whereas, you know, in the book, I felt was more overt in that way. So it's interesting how the book is more overt in this sense, but not as overt in other senses. (laughs) I I did like them both. I really did. You know, like I started out with this is not something that I would have read nor watched, probably if left to my own devices. (laughs) We're not doing this podcast and trying to get some variety in what we're reading and watching. Um, But I'm I'm glad I did. I thought it was it was very interesting, Um, and I really did enjoy the book. Like I really did. I expected to have to kind of like slug through it, but um, I really did enjoy it. And I think it's you know one of those books and movies that you can watch if you don't like westerns, but you want a story of relationship and people and family. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like I thought you know the book might be a slog because you know it's an older book and you know you we have a book from the 60s describing a time period in the 20s and that I may struggle you know I might struggle to read this and really get a sense of what was going on but it was a, like wasn't that uh difficult of a read I was able to get you know a very good sense of what was going on and uh, didn't um and the movie I really enjoyed as well um I think like I've mentioned how it's gotten a lot of praise and is considered a prime contender at the at the Academy Awards and and so, yeah, no, I don't. I haven't seen any other films that are prime contenders there. Yeah, it'll be anyway, interesting to but, see what happens in the awards season. Yeah, yeah, it might be. But, um, Good. Well, any other parting comments or things we didn't cover? I'm sure we didn't cover a lot. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, go out there, read, uh, read the book, and watch the movie, and let us know what we missed. And, and we'll, uh, yes, drop us a comment at our Facebook, yeah. our Twitter, uh, anything, and uh, send any suggestions our way for books or movies. All right. Thanks, everyone. Keep reading. And keep watching. Bye, Daddy. Bye-bye.